When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DNVR, we're live back here in our home, Studio A at the DNVR bar. And the A stands for... A ac- fait accompli? Actual search, question mark? How about all right, all right, all right, what? since the Broncos are down in Dallas oh, today. I like it. That's good. What did you say, Mace? Were you speaking French? I went, I, yeah, I didn't well, understand. I did, and I, and I did lean on the A as in the article, the letter A. A fait accompli. Is it a fait accompli for... for uh, Dan Quinton. What does that coach. mean? I'm going to guess. guess that decide. That it's, okay, decide. it's a done deal. <laughs> well, we're going to talk yeah. about that here in a second, and I have some some thoughts. Uh, but first, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. The single best place to go. If you're looking to further your education while working a full-time job, MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution, and they've been presenting this show for like years now. So if you're thinking about supporting us and furthering your education, go support them as well and get a great education on your way. My boys, what is going on? And of course, boys today stands for the Dallas Cowboys, Broncos, the bees, trying to take some bees from Dallas. Trying to take some some boys? Some boys from Dallas today. <laughs> <Yeah>. From the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm... I just like can't hold this back. I'm jumping right. Yeah, into you this. are. You, you brought it up twice before the show and had to hold yourself back both times from talking about. It. I'm dying. Look, guys, if you believe at all in reading the media tea leaves, which you should, yeah, um, most of the time, <laughs> this thing is a done deal. It's over. It, you know, we can do the song and dance, and oh, there's a chance that Gerard Mayo could blow them away, and there is. A chance. Mm-hmm. When I say a chance, nice and small chance. Um, this thing is all headed in the direction of Dan Quinn. Uh, you've got Woody Page out there, you know, saying, "Oh, oh!" And here's the other thing that's perfect part of the arc. So and so really impressed in their interview. It's it's that they've done it every yeah. time. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan really impressed in his interview, but Vance Joseph's still the favorite. Um, Zach Taylor really impressed in his interview, but it looks like. Vic, uh, Vic Fangio is the favorite. Well, here we go again. Nathaniel Hackett really mm-hmm. impressed in his interview, but Dan Quinn still won, and he's now 1A. Come on, we've done this a million times. So listen up. Listen closely, because I am of the firm belief that we're going to be talking about the Broncos' next head coach today. Yeah, yep, and that 
is not Kellen Moore. It is Dan Quinn. He's been the front runner since this whole thing started. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Nothing's changed. Dan Quinn is still number one on our board, and the Broncos are trying to make it look like a legitimate search. They have nine different candidates they're interviewing, going to all of them, and then they also, uh, you know, have some good things said about Nathaniel Hackett, as you mentioned. But Dan Quinn still the front runner. They're not going to hire him on the spot today, though. I imagine again to make it look like they're doing all their due diligence. They will bring these guys back. They'll have a, a couple finalists next week, and wouldn't be surprised if Dan Quinn is that last interview so that they don't let him leave the building. Yep. Yeah, and they did that kind of with uh, John Fox back in the day. He was he was the last guy, and then hey, you know, come back. Yeah, get, go over to Nordstrom, get yourself that orange tie, and uh, <laughs> let's do a press, do conference. press conference. Yeah, and, although and, I mean, he didn't have to buy as much as like Vic did. Vic had to get you know pants, and pants tailored, and all that. Probably all all the he any didn't of these get guys, them tailored. He got them yeah. <laughs> bobby pins as best as you can. I mean, tailored on short notice. That but, was actually yeah, uh, that was kind of embarrassing. They didn't own a suit. They, I, like, yes, yes. You should own a suit if you're a grown-ass man. I agree. Kind mm. of embarrassing, but on the other mm. side, isn't that kind of the ultimate, yeah, if you want to spin the football it, the ultimate guy. football dude mm. who's just always in sweats because he never mm. goes to nice restaurants or anything. He's just always grinding. Right, and it's like Coops didn't wear a suit to his his right, retirement because yeah, yeah. he's like, I, you know, I came in but the he, league as a jeans <laughs> and a T-shirt guy. But he owned going a suit. That, that was the thing. <laughs> like right, he, right. And, for, and when he had his introduction as Broncos head coach and his introduction as, tex- as Texans head coach, he, he dressed the part. He you know looked, what? Looked nice. You know what would have been better for me? Just let Vic do his, pre- his introductory press conference in sweats. Man, that would have been great. The full gray mm-hmm. sweatsuit. Because like, if you're going to make him wear a suit, then let him go get a suit. Give him time to like right. go get a suit tailored. Or, or you know how the, they have those shirts that are look like you're wearing a suit, but it's just a t-shirt. Oh, go they all out. Had a, su- a no. sweatshirt with that. No, you go go all out. Not just the suit. It's the faux tuxedo. Yeah, and just yeah, that's what you exactly. Want. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I don't know where were we going with. I that? bet Dan Quinn has a suit, yeah. and yeah. he'll be ready in what uh, ten oh, days to two weeks. Like to literally, be, to be you have to say, one? just go get yourself an orange tie. Here's yeah, that's it, it, that's here's, it. I'm sure they get him one. Here's the thing. Um, just for those of you who might have like stuff to do today, you don't have to be worried about the Broncos hiring anyone today. Uh, and I always feel dirty saying this because it doesn't feel right, but they do have to satisfy the Rooney rule with one more interview of a minority. I don't like saying they have to yeah. do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the whole thing is kind of a sham, uh, and I think there's got to be a better way to um, give minority coaches a better chance at, at getting these jobs rather than just saying, like, before you hire the guy that you settled on before you even started the yep. search, make sure you interview two minorities. Yep, exactly. And so the Broncos have two more interviews tomorrow, one with Gerard Mayo. They have two on Thursday and then one with Eric Bieniemy to round their week right. off. I mean, unless Bieniemy, I don't even think, if Bieniemy blows them away on Friday, I still think they do second interviews next week. So, and I'm someone, when we get close to that time, boy, my life is ruined. I'm just a, a nervous, <laughs> waiting for something mm-hmm. to come down the line. I was obviously out of town all weekend. I didn't have that anxiety yeah. at all. It was yeah. great. I yeah. was like, there's no way anything happens this weekend. The anxiety starts after the final interview, I think. Right. As far as, like, you have to be on call 24-7. I guess what I'm saying is, if you're going to get good night's sleep, Zach, you might want to get them in the next couple of days. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. they are they are getting on that plane from Dallas this afternoon when they're done, and they are flying to the Northeast, and they are doing those interviews tomorrow. Before we dive into Dan Quinn, you guys want to make a uh, prediction on what day they'll be a new head coach? Um, it'll be announced next Wednesday. That's my that's my day as well. 
I'm going earlier. I'm going to say it be next Tuesday. So Monday they bring back Quinn, and they don't even do. That's the only second interview mm-hmm. they do. Possible, or maybe or they, Tuesday, or they, maybe you've got another second interview hack. over the weekend. The problem is, uh, you hack it. If if you want to do a second interview on Hackett, you'd have to you'd have to wait on that. That's the only thing. Right. Ha- I mean, Hackett did impress them, but is it possible that just it's only going to be Quinn? You know, yesterday our headline was did the, did Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore hurt their candidacy? You might be able to, in a roundabout way, say they helped their candidacy. By being available right away, like, mm-hmm. you know, if the Broncos had to keep waiting and waiting and waiting, maybe they interview some more candidates and yeah. they get antsy and say, let's get to work, let's go. Um, so, Especially Dan Quinn, because he wasn't the one that blew the game for the Cowboys. Right, mm-hmm. and so Dan Quinn... Kind of kept a minute. Yep. Yeah. Short field, I mean, dealing with short fields and... And now he gets to go to Elway's. <laughs> he does, he does. <laughs> Sometime early next week. Will he order the burger? No, I don't think so. See, I, I see that's the so. thing. Just because he's a defensive guy, people I think are are nervous about a defensive coach. And let's roll after right into Vic it, and after VJ. He is literally the opposite of Vic Fangio in terms of demeanor, in terms of relating with players, in terms of his, in terms of his overall management style. Teams usually like to go for a coach who is the opposite of the one they had. After they make a coaching change, Dan Quinn, aside from being defense, is the opposite of Vic Fangio. And and I agree with that. And I think it's the number one things that fans fan have fans have to let go of is the whole just hiring Vic Fangio again. Like it's not even close. Mm-hmm. He's younger. He's you know known for being a leader. Um, he is a both, you know, he, he's more of a CEO type. We're all, we're talking about, you know, classic cliches that you say about coaches, but it is true when it comes to the different leader of men. Vic was a film junkie defensive coordinator who was trying to be a head coach. This is a guy who's a head coach who's going to be trying to be a head coach and do it a little bit better than he did the last time. I will say this though, because I've been pounding the table for offensive guys, every single coaching search. If they hire another defensive guy and continue to put out garbage offense, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I already have a few gray hairs that have come from the just trash we've been watching on offense for the last five years. If it happens again and you didn't, you went again not hiring a defense, an offensive coach. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be full gray by the time they fire Dan Quinn. Yeah, and and I talked to a source yesterday, and they just emphasized what you guys are saying. They said they they said he's not Vic Fangio 2.0 because he is going to uh to to manage and lead the entire team, not just the defensive side of the ball. Like you said, they're not bringing in defensive coordinator to be a head coach. They're bringing in who they believe is a head coach to be a head coach. And something that that we've talked about a little bit is his success on the offensive side of the ball. And what's kind of crazy is when he was the head coach of the Falcons, his offense had more success than his defense throughout his five-year tenure. And so that can get people a little bit nervous, not being a total expert on one side of the ball. But when he was with Seattle, they did have the Legion of Boom. They did have a lot of resources. That defense was balling for the two years he was a coordinator. And it'll be fascinating to see if he gets this job what he does at defensive coordinator because you know he went he went through Richard Smith and Marquand Manuel and neither of them uh, did did the job and then he finally got it right at the very end with Raheem Morris and actually Morris was his interim head coach 
put on the, a show last night. Yeah, but the interesting thing is there's some indications that uh, of of a little bit of friction perhaps between Raheem Morris and and Sean McVay. So is it possible that maybe Dan Quinn's able to go to somebody that he really trusts and likes? Yeah, as I a mean, defense coordinator, like if you like a dream staff, you're saying okay, Dan Quinn's the head coach. Who's the dream staff around him? Mike McDaniel, OC, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator. If you did that, I'm sorry, that's a better combination than any other coach in that, in during this, this process era, that he yeah. could get. Well, Raheem Morris, and Mace, you brought him up a couple weeks ago, he is mm. finally starting to get right. head coach interviews, so Vikings. that may be too much uh, of yeah. a dream scenario. We know Mike McDaniel also getting to talk with at least one team, right? Yeah. Uh, so, mm. I mean, it, it may really be a dream scenario talking yeah. about three potential head coaches, you landing them all on your staff, and heck, maybe throw Rich Passaccia in there as a special teams coordinator. Why not? Let's shoot for the stars, right? If he's a... Only the Raiders could start interviewing, uh, have it leaked that they're interviewing GM candidates before it leaks that they fired the GM. Only the Raiders. I mean, that is literally like, I'm wearing a Braves hat. That is literally like how Freddie Gonzalez, their manager, he learned he was fired when he got an email from Delta Airlines saying that he had a flight to Atlanta the next day when they were in the middle of a road trip. No one told him. What? He found out wow. when he got the email. Oh, oh, you're on flight uh, 56 from Pittsburgh <laughs> to, to to Atlanta, departing at 2 p.m. He's like, nice uh, of them to uh, buy what? his flight back. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, what's going on? And like, oh yeah, you're we, we're we're firing you. Wow. But, so uh, we finally have something to compete with that, as far as a terrible way to find out that you're out of a job. How do like these organizations <laughs> continue to do things the wrong way? I I, I don't understand how you don't like. I don't know, ask someone what's the right way to do this? Like, you would think it would be self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was so weird yesterday when it was like, well, Mayock hasn't been let go yet, but they are going to start interviewing candidates. And then, like, 30 minutes later, they're like, okay, now he's been let go. It's like, what are we doing here? It's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. And so looking at Dan Quinn as a coach and something that, that kind of stood out to me today, I mentioned it earlier, Dan Quinn's defense was worse than their offense when he was in Atlanta. And that surprised me. And uh, specifically that it wasn't just one year. It was pretty much every single year. And when we look at his defense, the first year he was there, 14th, and I'm going off points, uh, points given up, because I think that's the most important stat. 14th, average defense, then 27th. So fifth worst in the league, then top 10 at number eight, then 25th, 23rd, uh, and 23rd as well. So you're not talking about a guy that's going to come in and focus all of his energy on the defensive side. That's clear for, from this. If, if he would have just been the Vic Fangio type looking at defense and he would have had 14th and 27th in his first two years, he may be canned from that. Now let me just say this. Let's look at the personnel on those sides. Mm-hmm. One side had Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and um, – when he was there, what were the two running backs? Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. Freeman. Really good. So they had a lot of really good personnel. I think they had a tight end. Um, yep, they did. Who was that? I don't know. Uh, they had a lot of good personnel on the offensive side of the ball. And when I think about the defensive side of the ball, I'm like racking my brain to even remember who was on those defenses. Um, like the only one I can think of is Vic Beasley. Yep. Um, who was a bust yep. as a first round pick. Like he, Vic Beasley led the team in sacks in 2015. Dan Quinn's first season on the job, 
get four. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like that's that's a big part of this, right? Is mm -hmm. personnel. Um, yeah. you look at Raheem Morris last night, who looked like a genius. Well, he also has <laughs> Von Miller and Leonard Leonard yeah. Floyd and Floyd and Aaron Donald. Mm -hmm. Um, so. That's Jalen Ramsey. I mean, right? Yeah, I didn't list. even get to. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's a big part of this. I think is he had good players on offense and eh, players on defense. But you would like to see a defensive coach have a better defense. Exactly. And then when you look at the opposite side of the ball, that's something that I really took into account here. He not only had a Hall of Fame wide receiver, really good running backs, but Matt Ryan. I don't want him now but he was an MVP one of those years, uh, and really that was his prime. That was his elite, and, and he was absolutely a top-tier quarterback. Maybe he's not in the elite top three, but he was in the you know first tier, seventh, eighth best. Literally MVP in 2016. E exactly, and with that, when I look at what the offense did, it concerns me a little bit. We've talked about how good the offense was there, but I, I, I'm actually not as impressed when I look at scoring offense under those teams. When he had a good quarterback every single year, their offense, his first year there, 21st best, so almost bottom 10. Again, his first year. Next year, that's when they had the best offense in the NFL. That's when they went to the Super Bowl. That's when Matt Ryan was the Kyle MVP. Shanahan, it, Mike McDaniel. Everything yeah. was clicking, so fantastic. But then they dropped to 15th the next year so an average offense with a great quarterback little concerning to me then you talk about talk about a top 10 offense the 10th and then 13th and then 13th uh, again that to me it's just it doesn't blow me away as much as I initially thought so I think one thing that's interesting though is like they they even though Kyle Shanahan left they were running a lot of the same concepts after he departed and something we sometimes see from the Shanahan Kubiak offense is yards outstripping points in terms of the rankings, that's something I that concern. I, I'm tip, I'm personally more focused on right. points, though. But we're, point like points is also, if, you know, when we're talking about points, are you factoring in defensive scores? Are you factoring in short like short fields that are set up because you're playing from in front and uh, you're forcing more takeaways and that sort of thing? And that's 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 why points itself. I mean, yeah, if you're talking about the scoreboard, yeah, it's all about oh. Who scored more points? Yeah. But talking about yeah. the overall quality of the offense, sometimes yards is points to me is a, yeah. is a quarterback stat. And so you know yeah. when you look at I don't I don't know if you have it now, but if you look at who's leading the league in points per game this year, you'll see a bunch of really good quarterbacks at the top. Matt Ryan, you know they did have the number one right one year, um, so that's impressive to me because I don't think Matt Ryan even that even then was the best quarterback in the league I think he was the best fit in the league that he had year. the Shanahan bump right exactly the, the Shanahan Kubiak bump that takes you one level above where you are which is why if we start discussing a Jimmy Garoppolo or even a Kirk Cousins for example playing uh the playing two years 19 and 20 with Gary Kubiak in his ear I think that's something that so it, is a you know, concern. In the end, it's gonna like Kyle Shanahan has never had one of the best quarterbacks since he got to uh, to San Francisco. He's never had one of the one of the highest scoring offenses, except for maybe one year. And I guess that's you know the same sort of the thing. year that Jimmy G looked really good. Right, was like 2019 was his career year, and yet what they thought of Jimmy G in the NFC Championship game was let's take the ball out of his hands. And just run it a ton on Green Bay until they figure out how to stop it. Yep, and I think that's what they're going to be doing through this whole playoffs as well, as long as they're alive. Yep. Not, yeah, yeah, they're Debo. playing. Yeah, yeah, getting the ball. Gosh, man, 
I, I, I want to know, like, I just want to be in the fly on the wall in that meeting when they were like, what if we use Debo as a running back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just started scheming up all these beautiful run designs for Debo. So if Mike McDaniel comes to the Broncos as OC, you think they're looking at the same thing with Jerry Judy? Jerry's no. doesn't have the same body. Yeah, mm. it would. No. But I think you'll the see jet, the, the jet sweeps actually resulting in him getting the ball. Touches. Absolutely. Yes. Cooper Cup looked like Jerry Judy last night. He was running back and forth and never getting the ball. You know, they. So I think they ran that play, the handoff, twice all season. Mm-hmm. But neither of them actually went to Jerry Judy. So his motions to touches on that play was literally like, I don't know, 120 to zero. <laughs> yep, yep. It was, uh, it was bad. Unbelievable. Jerry got a workout in, though. He did. He's in great shape. Uh, for the off season, <laughs> gonna have some sick route running videos in in a field. He's in going to yes, in in sand. Actually, <laughs> what I, what I want to see is him put up a video of him simulating the jet sweep, but actually taking the ball from whoever he's working. Oh, with. That, that would be, be great. Cool. <laughs> that would be great. Um, okay, so Dan Quinn, basically average offense, above average offense, average defense while he was there. More like yep. below average defense. Yeah, defense. yeah below average defense, uh, top third mm. offense averaged out to be. But how much is that about personnel and how much is that, you know, like when the Broncos are hiring Dan Quinn, I just don't mm. think they're interested in those numbers. They're interested in what do his players say about him. Absolutely. Right. And the whole thing comes down to leadership. And he does have that. Talking to, to former people he's been with when he's a defensive coordinator and a head coach, everyone raves about his leadership. And and, and really, it, it it is a John Fox hire here. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I disagree about him being the number one for this position is the Broncos needed John Fox. They needed that guy to come in and be the leader, be the CEO, bring people together and rebuild the organization. The Broncos are not in a great spot. They're not in the spot they were when when, uh, Josh when McDaniels, McDaniels came in and tore everything up. Vic Fangio, while he didn't make great decisions on the sideline in crunch time uh, and didn't have the great two-minute defense, he, the, the team isn't in shambles right now. I don't think they need that guy to come in and lift them up and bring them back to a stable place. I think they're in that stable place now. That's why... I personally think the Broncos are in a better spot to go gamble on someone that has a higher ceiling than them. But, you know, John Fox was not a bad coach. He just wasn't able to get over the hump. And unfortunately, Dan Quinn doesn't have Peyton Manning. Dan Quinn doesn't even have a Matt Ryan that he's coming into this situation. And and that makes me scared. What type of head coach is he going to be? He's going to be a very good leader. But in terms of the results, how good can he be without that quarterback? Well, position? I think that's the part of the questions you have to ask him in the interviews. Okay, what is your plan at quarterback? If it's up to you, what are you doing? Yep. I go, you know, is it, a, it, can you, you know, grease the wheels a little bit to get Russell Wilson interested in coming here? And then if that doesn't happen, what is your plan B? What is your plan C? If you're Dan Quinn, aren't you saying like, I've got it. I've got Russ's word that he'll go where I go. Yep. Like, yep. what are they going to do? Fire him if he doesn't come here? No, absolutely not. Now, would you hire? Now, let's say you hire Dan Quinn, and look, you shouldn't hire him based on you shouldn't what who he brings as quarterback. You should hire the best coach. Look, that's sort of the question about Nathaniel Hackett. Would you? You know, people really want him. Do they want him, or do they want him because it might mean Aaron Rodgers? And I think that's that. That is a that is a valid question there, but. You know, what's what's your next plan? The other thing is, if Dan Quinn says, look, Mike McDaniel's a great candidate, 
but Daryl Bevel would help me get would also help bring Russ Wilson here. Then, mm. as much as you like McDaniel, you're talking about a coordinator hire rather than a head coach hire. You'd probably have to go with with Bevel. Yeah, but I, I, mm. no, to, to to me, don't you I, think that that Russ maybe doesn't want to work in that offense anymore? He doesn't want to work with that offensive philosophy. Yeah. That's certainly true. Like maybe Russ is looking at the Shanahan bump mm-hmm. and saying, "Man, I'd love to have that year like Kirk Cousins did statistically, or like Matt Ryan did, or like Jimmy G did." Like, Something that yeah. wouldn't surprise me with Russ, with how he feels like he's been held back and put in a system that doesn't work for him, I wouldn't be surprised if he says, "I want to go wherever they're going to give me the Peyton Manning treatment, aka mm-hmm. I get to decide pretty much exactly what's going to happen." And sure, mm-hmm. maybe I don't build the offensive playbook like Peyton did, but I'm going to dictate what happens. So I don't want to yeah. be put in a Kyle Shanahan system. I don't want to be put in a system. I want it to be the Russell Wilson system. But the other thing I think that he also knows is how much of what the OCs were doing in Seattle was limited by what was coming down from the head coach. Because you actually have a you, you have a McVay guy running the offense this past year in Seattle and Shane Waldron. So the thing it's interesting how they've gone through Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer and Waldron, and yet you see some of the same issues and that so that speaks to a, a, a philosophical issue where Pete Carroll is saying, we're going to do this, and that's where if they're going to keep Russ around, probably Pete Carroll has to change what he is asking for from his coordinators and his offense. I My take on what you were saying, Zach, is that Russ isn't that guy. He's not smart enough to be the, the Russell Wilson offense. Um, I think that when Do you things, think Russ views himself like I'm that? Sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's what does. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think but, he wants. But when things are left in Russ's hands, he is way too in love with going deep. She wants to go deep every time. And I guess it's, you know, it helps when you have D- DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, two of the best deep threats in the league. But he, I think he, it's the opposite. He needs more structure of where he needs to go with the ball and you know what to do and then when things break down and it gets crazy well that's when you use your incredible improvising abilities to you know make big plays but uh, when think I some s- of that's due to the receivers that they've given him because Seattle has generally favored kind of the bigger deep threats they've never given him that real kind of chain mover it's, isn't Tyler isn't that what Tyler Lockett is though uh, he's mm, kind of a, really. he's like a KJ Hamler yeah a little more but of he's a possession more, guy. Yeah, he's yeah. more polished. But they they haven't they haven't given him that guy that is just that is either the classic slot receiver or just kind of or, or the quick slant guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's just drooling watching Cooper Cup last night. Um, speaking of, did Which you guys my, watch yeah. watch Russ on there last night? Yeah. Why does it always feel like he's um, campaigning for something or auditioning for something? He's he's a good quarterback. That's what a good quarterback is. One thing that I really loved is he does not know how to play second fiddle. He comes on that show and starts trying to host it. (laughs) I'm like, dude, you're trying to upstage Peyton Manning right now. What are you doing? There's only room but for one alpha. Right, and they've yeah. got three. Well, so like two Peyton, and a half. Yeah. I mean, and Peyton and Eli work great together because Eli's like the perfect kind of little, the little, little brother. The little brother. Yeah. And like he'll have and and he had the way he responded to Peyton kind of uh, to dropping a dropping an S bomb last yeah, night, that was so which just that was perfect on his part. <laughs> but Eli settled yeah. in over the year. Yeah, he, he has. He really has. But that, but Eli's personality is just a little bit more mellow. He kind of he takes the edge off of. I always, I started thinking last night, especially because Eli was so smiley. I'm like, 
They started telling Eli, have two drinks before the show starts. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think he'd be doing if he were out here? If it's a, <clears throat> if it's a Manning family purchase of the Broncos, and Eli is technically a part owner and spending time in Colorado, I'd you know we'll be hanging out right here with. He us. might, he might, he might be having all sorts of stuff to kind of get that relaxation and that vibe. Oh, there didn't, you go. Uh, didn't, <laughs> Light did, shade. Didn't yeah. Snoop send him a uh, a, chain, a, a yeah. chain? Maybe Snoop sent him something else. That's too. true. <laughs> um, <laughs> really quick, guys. One one more thing that kind of surprised me along along with the offensive and defensive numbers with Quinn do you and Mace I'm sure you know this do you know so but if you don't you can take a guess do you know Dan Quinn's record as a head coach in those five years how many games would that be it would be 85 okay I'm gonna say um 50 and 35 okay 43 and 42 you knew Yes, I yeah, yeah, I know. I would guess the same as you, Ryan. I, yeah. I just feel like people are talking about Dan Quinn in such a good light, uh, and it's he's a 500 coach. For, for 43 and 42, he had two winning seasons. He had, and one of them was 10 wins, one of them was 11 wins, and right. obviously a Super Bowl appearance. He had an eight and eight season, and then he had two losing seasons, and then the season that he he was blown out, he was 0 and five. Uh, so, you know, that two and hurt. a half. There's losing something seasons. really interesting, kind of about that 0 and five at the end. And if you kind of look at a couple of, weren't they of, all like one score games too? I remember those being close games. Yeah, and they had the Falcons had toward the end of Quinn's time a reputation for starting slowly and finishing better. But it's kind of interesting. He got fired five games in, zero and five. So presumably that season might not have got, wouldn't have gotten much better. But it's also it's analogous to kind of John Fox's final season in Carolina. Mm. He was. He finished, I think, seventy three and seventy one in his, in his years on the job in Charlotte. That last year, they were two and fourteen. Gary Kubiak, I believe, he got blown out when they were like in Houston when they were like two and twelve. So there's maybe there's just something to a coach like that who just at some point, whether it's there's a the message isn't resonating anymore, things get out of hand. That in Fox's case in Charlotte. They had a, they had some personnel losses, but just a time where it's done. It doesn't mean you're a bad coach because in all three of them, you have, you know, you have the overall record, but then you see at the at the end it got really bad. It doesn't really reflect what the record was before that. All right, uh, a couple things. One, I've kind of been talked out of Dan Quinn today. I've been talking myself into it. That's how it, it I doesn't feel. feel you'll you'll talk down. yourself back in if they Well, hire I'm sure him. I will. So the thing um, for me, yeah. they're getting a good head coach with Dan Quinn. It, to me, they're getting a good head coach. I just think it's that's where I am right now. I'm I'm not saying great or anything above that. Yeah. You know he's a good coach. You know, you know you're going to have capable leadership. I think it's going to be right. I think it's a understandable counter move to what Vic Fangio was. Yeah. Just because Vic was old in defense doesn't mean you have right. to go young in offense. Right. Vic was also, you know, um, just defense. A, a single-minded, right. questionable leader. I and mean, you're going with a wide-minded, great leader. I don't mm -hmm. think there's any going to be a moment in training camp where if there's a fight between Bowles and Chubb that Dan Quinn didn't see it, isn't involved with trying to douse the flames I mean, for me, like, there were so many things like that with Vic where he's just, like, he didn't know enough to offer a comment on something, whether it was post-game or after practice. And I'm think, and the thing that kept going through my mind is, you're the head coach, dude. That's your job is to know all of this. Totally. We, we see it from where we are. How can you not at least have some knowledge of this? 
to be able to offer comment on it. Yeah. And that, and that was that was something that really over time and it, over time it didn't get better. That was that was the thing I kept coming back to like as far as why it was probably best for the Broncos to move on was it just wasn't getting it. the the he his picture wasn't broadening. It was still narrow. Yeah. It was, so you had to accept that's what it was going to be. Yeah, and for me, I, I heard too many things from mm. inside the locker room of, of mm. guys, you know, f- feeling like, why is my coach throwing me under the bus? Mm-hmm. Why Why does my coach not care about us on the, on the offensive side of the ball? That's something that you're not going to have with Dan Quinn. Or literally, Dan like, Quinn... like, not knowing, like, I heard this from a few players. Didn't know if they had, ki- like, if they had kids, if so, how many? Right, Dan Quinn's gonna know your kid's birthday, your, you know your your anniversary, and all that sort of thing. It might sound silly to it, this someone. Thing do, yeah, but it thing does matter, you know, in terms of am I going to go all out for this person in charge? Doesn't Quinn to you look like a guy who like played big time football? Absolutely, he he didn't. He looks like an inside linebacker. Yeah, like I I, I expected <laughs> yeah. to see like oh yeah he you know he bounced around in the league for well, a second. Salisbury State. Yes, not Salisbury Steak. Salisbury <laughs> State, the, NCAA Division Three, Eastern Shore, Maryland, right there on the Delmarva Peninsula. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But he did win the uh, prestigious Bobby Richards Award. There. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, 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 good old Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Salisbury's more of a cross school than a football school, anyway. I'm sure it is. Um, okay, so. That's Dan Quinn. I want to tie a bow on this with this. Zero to 100%. 100% is he's the coach. We're all wasting our time. Zero is he's got no shot. Where are you at? 90. 90. We're pretty much wasting yeah. our time. <laughs> I'm, I'm at 95. So um, We're really wasting our time. Yeah. <laughs> we are, but you know what? we got a lot of time. So. We do. We pro- do. The Broncos are probably going down to the DQ. They are. Yep. Maybe a blizzard's going to follow. The blizzard's on snow. its way. Oh, the, the Dairy Queen, my first job. I just drove by it. Closed. Oh, what? Oh, so sad. Which one was that? that Colorado. Colorado and like University Hills. You, you really? They closed that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I know. Damn. So sad. That was close was to your, was one of my go- place. What was your go-to blizzard? Do you have like an, an off-the-menu one that was fired? Not ri- the The cotton candy one was the best. I mean, <laughs> God damn it. They only yeah. had it seasonal, so I'd stock up right you before You ever get we a uh, Georgia mud fudge? Uh, it, yeah, those were a little hard to make because the fudge mm. makes it, it, and you turn them upside down, a little risk of them actually falling out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'd go, uh, I'd just give me like a raspberry, you know. Stir some raspberry in there. I wonder if their business has been hurt by Culver's coming into this market. Mm, potentially. Yeah, with the frozen Culver's custards over at Culver's. Yep. They're really good. Yep, you know. It is. It is. And this is line even... at Culver's last night after the game. <laughs> mm, celebrating the... Uh, I don't really know why you'd celebrate the... the... What a shit game that was. Uh, really, not, not very many good games this weekend. I literally yeah. fell asleep at 28 nothing last yeah. night. It was boring. Oh, I, if I didn't have bets, I would have been out. Real <laughs> shout out to Cooper Cup for scoring. <laughs> he did get you. Yeah. And shout out to our friends over at DraftKings, where my pick of the week still waiting to be seen. But if you can get in on on my pick of the week right now, well, San Francisco plus five and a half, you can do that over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And DraftKings Sportsbook is again giving you fifty six to one odds to celebrate Super Bowl fifty six. All new users bet five dollars on any game this weekend, and if your team wins. You get $280 in free bets. That's all you have to do. Bet $5 on any team to win this week, and you get $280 in free bets, which you can have a lot of fun with the rest of the playoffs. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer every night. 
they're having some other offer. I took advantage of one of their promos last night, and you got to get in on it as well. And of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, want to remind you to come down, hang out at the DNVR bar. No Colorado sports on tonight. Uh, but tomorrow they'll be back in action. Got the Nuggets in action, and I assume probably the Avs as well. Uh, great place to come out, hang out. I did have a, the chicken sandwich yesterday. Never disappoints. Uh, also, the Turkey Club never disappoints. The wings are very good. I've lobbied uh, and succeeded to get us a hotter wing sauce, um, <laughs> which is really good. Uh, so, Do come people to- have the option of the not of the. Of course, hot wing. Okay, yeah, good. you've got Just you know, you've got like your yes. barbecue. Yeah. You've got your standard buffalo. Yeah. There's one called like um, bar like gold barbecue, which yeah. is like a mustardy one. That's South Carolina. Yes. Then there's the salt and vinegar wings, which I've never seen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I haven't either. If you really like salt and vinegar chips, you'll love these. And then of course the new one, the Mad Dog sauce, mm-hmm. which goes I'm- hard. I'm staying away from that, but it's, I'm happy we have it. It's really good. It's it's like it's just a spicier buffalo. It's good. That, I'm sure it's a very spicier buffalo. It's uh, no, no. It's not enough to like make me sweat. Okay, you're trying to get me to sweat though. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to see that. <laughs> you're gonna want to wash those down with some Breck brews though. Mm, yes, yeah. you are. And of course, if you're a DMVR member, come on down to the DMVR bar. You'll get a big beer for the price of a small beer. But if you can't come to the DMVR bar, if you're out of the market, you want to try some of those Breck beers that we often talk about. Go to the Breck Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website because of their distribution you're going to probably find that you're not too far from some place that has those breck brews i can tell you for example that uh, you can find places in la i'm not talking about los angeles but lower alabama <laughs> for the senior bowl that have some of those that's the L- i'd rather go to that la yes <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot cheaper slightly a lot cheaper. A little more going on at the end of January, beginning of February as well, down in that in that L.A. So check out the Breck Beer Locator wherever you are in this country. You're probably going to find you're not too far from some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. So check out that from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DMVR. You know how I know I'm old? When I go to a place like you think you're old. lower Alabama, <laughs> I hop on like one of those home finder yep. uh, websites yeah. and like, I'm like, what's the property value around here? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I'm like, God you're so washed. Turn this off. Sometimes, well, look, I'm older, and I guess I do do that. And I think to myself, man, my, you know, the, the dollars would go a long way. Yeah, you know. would. You're like, man, I could buy a three-story house out here. For there, there are some. There are some prominent people who have t- taken advantage of that. People who you know locally, like you remember, um, uh, you remember Larry Green, weather forecaster, yes. CBS Four, and Bill Stewart, newscaster. Yeah, they I both, don't remember him as much. Yeah, they both retired down to that neck of the woods. Really? And you know uh, Phil Savage. He's actually from Mobile, and he ran the Senior Bowl for a while. Former Ravens executive, former Browns general manager. He's down there as well. You Call, know, and Philip Rivers is is in the Mobile area. He he's across. He's really? across the bay over in uh, in Baldwin County. Wait, that's where he's coaching. Yeah, um, yeah. Phil Rivers went to L.A. Team. He went to Lower he, Alabama. He, did he do that just by choice, or was it, it was just an opportunity well, that he liked? He's from elsewhere in Alabama, and so like that. Okay, that's kind of that's his home he territory. Would go straight back to San Diego, and he was well. He was looking like for for a year when he was still playing, he was living over in the Florida Panhandle, the Florida Bama, as they you know, yeah, as they call it, the Redneck Riviera, whatever term you want to have. And then he got the job over, uh, over at a, 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 I believe a newly uh, launched uh, Catholic school, over across the 
across Mobile Bay from Mobile. That's where he coaches now. There we go. And all of his kids play for him. They make <laughs> up the team. That's the whole team. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so it's a girls and boys uh, football team then. Because he's got mostly daughters. Interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. I was kidding about that. <laughs> I I let's uh, let's uh, jump into Kellen Moore here. The other interview the Broncos will be conducting today. Do we know which one's first? Kellen Moore, I believe, is okay, first Okay. He's getting... You never want to be first in these <laughs> scenarios. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to, like, bury the – I guess I don't I don't want to bury the lead. So I'll just tell you what I heard last night, uh, which is uh, from a source essentially said, yeah, this isn't the most serious of the interviews. Uh, they're going into this, obviously, with an open mind. Um, they want to hear from Kellen Moore. But this interview – it almost feels like it's more for the fans because you know he's the young hot name with the, he's the old quarterback that a lot of fans have been talking about all year. They're already going to be in Dallas to interview Dan Quinn. They said, "Hey, let's give this guy a shot." So, just something to keep in mind. Doesn't mean he can't blow them away and win over the job, but this they're going into this not necessarily expecting for him to be a leading candidate. And what's really funny that you mentioned that, Ryan, is literally yesterday, maybe before your conversation a little earlier in the day, I talked with the source as well, and the two names they told me to uh, that, that weren't the big names but to really keep an eye on just in case they could blow the interview out of the water is Gerard Mayo and Kevin O'Connell. Nothing was said about mm. Kellen Moore, you know, having that truly open mind, thinking that he could be kind of a, a, a true dark horse dark to come horse, out yeah. of here. So uh, that that makes sense. That uh, and uh, um, that's kind of also how it just feels like he's trending mm. in the public as well. I mm. uh, obviously not just this past game, but I, I kind of got the vibes. Mm. Just last week, he started to slow down a bit, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if he seemed like the hottest guy mm. on the market midway through the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Dallas one more year as an offensive coordinator again. And then maybe the speculation starts stirring that he replaces Mike McCarthy. Right. Because Dallas has had to kind of come out with the dreaded votes of confidence for McCarthy in the wake of, of that game. And I mean you can kinda you can kind of see the pieces coming uh, falling into place. And you sort of look at some of the interviews. Like Brian Callahan, he worked for the Broncos. I like him a lot, but I don't think he's going to be going to be in the mix. Uh Jonathan Gannon, they're going to interview him in, in Philadelphia, I believe tomorrow, or is it tomorrow or Thursday that he's going to interview? Thursday. Yeah. And he worked with George Payton. You feel like those interviews seem like they're about kind of elevating somebody that they like. Mm -hmm. Whereas O'Connell, he's got the Sean McVay secret sauce. And then Gerard Mayo. Is that what he puts in his hair? Uh, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what maybe that's what does it. You put a little the, the Sean McVay product, the Sean McVay secret sauce. And Mayo is just, I think I, I would describe him as the wild card. Speaking of secret in this sauce. Whole, in the whole thing. Oh. Like he like he he is he's very much the one that if he impresses could completely overturn this process. I don't want the Patriot way. I don't think anyone in Denver wants the Patriot. <laughs> are you right? more? Yeah. That the thing is, though, what like, are you interested in him because he's with the Patriots? Or are you interested in him because of the leadership capabilities he appears to possess? I, mean, I would want. I him. think one of the intriguing things about Mayo, frankly, mm. for me, is the fact that he went to the corporate world and was a rising star, and Belichick call basically said, "Hey, do you want to come coach?" And he was kind of a, like a dream scenario to kind of give it a, to, to give it a shot, but the fact that he was ascending pretty rapidly, like in in healthcare administration, yeah, in part because of his intelligence and leadership skills, I think that 
kind of says a lot. And maybe like organizationally is somebody the Broncos give some lingering thought to to repair some of the fissures that have come to exist between departments in that organization. I think Mayo is somebody who brings the entire Bronco organization together. It's possible for yeah. sure. I, I would it's it's so hard for me to say like I like the Mike Vrabel thing, right? Because he wasn't he was a patriot, he understands that, but then he also got to see some other ways of done. Mayo has only seen Belichick. I his, every, you know, second of his life since college in the football world has come through Belichick. That just worries me because you know, I would want to hear a coach say, "Hey, look, I know there's the whole Patriot way thing. It's not exactly the way I would want to do things." And maybe he does say that, but I'm just like, "Well, what other way, what other way do you know?" Right? It's very true. And I think we'll we'll dive deeper on on Mayo yeah, tomorrow, true, true. I think when when they have their interview, and you can almost have the same conversation with Kellen Moore, although not not so much uh, the exact same. He spent the first couple of years of his playing career with the with uh, the Lions and then he played with the Cowboys, then immediately went from player to coach in the 2017 to 2018 season with the Cowboys and has only been around the Cowboys since 2015, I believe. Uh, does that scare you at all in terms of only being around one system, being a younger guy, and maybe just trying to implement the Cowboy way? Well, so he was with Garrett and yep. McCarthy, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So he does have that going for him. Yep. I like when, when mm-hmm. people on staffs carry over. Um, I think that's a tough thing to do. So it means you definitely bring some value if you do that. Um, and I, not necessarily what worries me about him. Honestly, the biggest thing that worries me about him is the look on his face on the sidelines. Cause I think Broncos fans won't be able to handle it. Uh, you know, back-to-back coaches and Vance and Vic did that thing where they look yep. confused and they're the staring s- at the scoreboard. He, yep. he's got a bad one. The squint, the, 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 the squint. Yeah, and I mean, like I'm the sorry. Open I, mouth. <laughs> I don't want my coach to squint and have a mouth agape. I, I call it the Tucker Carlson look, which has a it's lot of bad connotations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but that's what I, that's the vibe I get. I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. I, the, the, for Vic, it was the the Browns game, I believe. Remember, like yeah. kind of early in the game, and he's just kind of like. Mm, mm, mm. It's like no. To me, it's like you, you a, gotta, I don't yeah. know how to stop what's happening. Yeah, you gotta have a right. po- you gotta have a po- some kind of poker face, as yeah. in whether it's always enthusiastic or just you're not you're not ruffled by what's happening. Like that, whatever is taking place, that either a you expected it to happen or b you know exactly how you're so going to, to counter. That. I couldn't I, agree. More. I never got that from Vance. I never got that from Vic. It kind of. I got to, it from Kubiak. Did you, and I got it from Fox. Uh, did you catch uh, Russell Wilson throwing a little shade at Kyler Murray last night? I don't know if he did it on purpose, but this is kind of how I feel about the coaches. Is they were down twenty-one at the time, I think, mm-hmm. and or twenty-four. And Russ is talking about what he would be doing on the sidelines right now, and he said, "I'd be going up and down the sidelines, telling everyone this is not impossible." This can be done. We can do this. And then they cut to the sideline. Kyler's just sitting there pouting. And and I'm just like, ooh, that's a tough look. And I completely agree with Russ. And I want that from a coach, too, where you're never just standing there. Right. You know, if you're if you're if you're you know, if you're standing there, you're looking at your play sheet or you're talking on the headset to someone or you're going to motivate players. You know, I realize you you can't just be walking up and down the sidelines firing guys up all game. But when you see a coach who's just standing there looking confused yeah. or looking like they're thinking, 
all of the thinking should have been done during the week. You should be prepared for all situations and not need to think this stuff through. I mean, Sean, Sean, Sean McVay, he's just always pacing up and down the sidelines, always busy, always talking has, to someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly, always screaming. And another thing, man, Vic should have taken this from Sean McVay. I believe I heard last night Sean McVay entering that game was one for one on the season in challenges. Only threw the challenge flag once. And then last night he was two for two. So maybe sometimes with challenges, it's better if you just don't throw the challenge flag instead of just trying. I know oh, you're going to disagree. Super timeouts, had, baby. Let's yeah, go. He, he, had, he had three minutes to decide on throwing one of the challenges. That was, that was crazy. That was, that was in terms of. How were they doing? It was six minutes because first the refs talked about it and then they ruled that, okay, it's a catch and a fumble out of bounds. And then he threw the challenge, and it was a, it was a great challenge because AJ Green did not make a football move uh, with it. If I was McVay, I'd have been like, just call something so I can throw this <laughs> damn flag. <laughs> right, right. I don't but, care but, what you call. But the thing is, he was letting the process play out. Like, I know. Okay, if this call goes in our favor, then I'm fine. But he had all the time in the world to ponder, and that's that's where you know Vic maybe wish he had a little more bit more time. On well, some of those. <laughs> I think that was one of Vic's biggest problems is he always wished he had more time for everything, more time to make a play call, more time to make a decision. And his default when he didn't know was to throw the challenge flag. And I think McVay's the opposite. If he doesn't know, he's not going to waste the time out. Yeah, it, it's very true. So now back to uh, Kellen Moore. And I mean, we you had that you had the punchable face Ryan explanation in the past. May, maybe you have no. I'm not saying punchable face for Kellen the Moore. Face punch theory. Face punch theory. Maybe <laughs> it's the confused look theory on the sideline. Mm. That's how you should judge a coach. And you're saying maybe he doesn't pass that. I don't think he passes the yeah. confused look test. I unfortunately don't either. But he does pass what his offenses have been able to produce in his time as Dallas offensive coordinator. The Cowboys have been first in yards twice. First in offensive yards twice, then 17th last year. And, of course, that was when Dak got hurt. And then in points, uh, his first year he was 6th in points. Pretty darn good. Then last year, 17th. And then this year, 1st in points. So, I mean, just acing everything. Now you look at all the weapons he has. He has a pretty good offensive line. And then his weapons are just insane in terms of not just one running back, two really good running backs, uh, stacked wide receiver group. And then obviously – Good tight ends. Yeah, good Mm -hmm. tight ends. And obviously a quarterback that puts up elite numbers. And there's no question about his ability to put up elite numbers. So he has that. But he's also getting success out of these guys. And honestly – it's hard to say this is his most impressive feat, but finishing as an average offense last year with Andy Dalton uh, seems to be okay. Seems to be impressive, actually. So didn't they also win a game with Ben DiNucci? Yeah, I think they, and they did. won yeah. one this Cooper past Rush year with this year. Cooper Rush. Yeah, that I mean, to me is like a real feather in the cap. It's like yeah. my I think the biggest feather in the cap for Kyle Shanahan is what he did mm-hmm. with Nick Mullins. Yeah, and also this is just something interesting here. This past year, the Broncos on offense surpassed 30 points once, and it was against Detroit. They hit 30, of course, against Dallas. The year of Ben DiNucci and Andy Dalton and then Some Dak Prescott hurt early. early. Yep. Yes. Seven out of, in seven out of 16 games, wow. the Cowboys had more than wow. 30 points. Wow. That's with when Some of those were with Dak, though, right? Some were with Dak, but you're looking and seeing like uh, – you know, they put up 30, end of December, they put up 37 on Philadelphia. Uh, end of December, put up 41 on San Francisco. Wow. Middle no, Mid-November, they put up 31 on Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So they're doing, they're able to put up some, some big numbers even without Dak Prescott. And, and 
you know, the way that we talk about the weapons the Broncos have, he should have that same sort of thing at his disposal. Yeah. Obviously, no Dak, yeah. but you can have an Andy Dalton-esque guy. Sure. And we'll take 37, 41 points with these weapons. In fact, do you want Andy Dalton? We can get him this yeah, offseason. You literally, no. you literally might have a possibility of Dalton being a bridge. Like, if, oh, if, if you fail on getting Rodgers or Wilson... And I know that there's, there's going to be, we're going to get into Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, et, et cetera. But your best play might be Andy Dalton plus <sighs> around, plus Matt Corral. Sometimes when you say a name so many times mm -hmm. on your podcast, uh, iTunes or uh, Apple Podcast picks it up and thinks that they're one of the people on the show. Right. I think that, I, uh, that Apple Podcast is eventually going to think there's someone on our show named Rogers Wilson. <laughs> I think you're right. We say that like 17 times a show. And you know yeah. what? If both of them want to join, we'd love to have you guys on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We will have them as, as co-hosts. Um, all right. Well, let's do the opposite. Um, I said 1 to 100% uh, chance of being the coach. What do you got Kellen Moore at? I have him at 4%. 4%. Four percent. Well, if yeah. we're saying like Dan Quinn is ninety percent. Yeah. Do I have to divide that leaves these all? ten for the rest? Right. <laughs> I'm not. And 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 I'd say of the like in the ten percent that he is toward the bottom of that. Yeah. So I'm gonna say like about about point four percent. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Pretty. Yeah. Low. I guess I'll have to lower mine too to one uh, percent. It's about. Well, there's ten candidates to split ten percent. It's so. about a one in two hundred fifty shot. I'd say. It seems really unlikely just based on what pe what the what the people are saying, yeah. uh, what the vibes are saying. But you never know. Let's he call sources vibes now. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> vibes are my only source. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Save for a couple other people. Um, all right. Before we move on, I want to tell you about Ball. Working at Ball is a really special place. And the reason of that is because of the people that work there, just like Zach's Aunt Julie, who works down there, um, and they have some great, great opportunities. Of course, last year they made a hundred billion cans, which I can't even really fathom. Although that was actually two years ago. I wonder. We need an updated number so, on what they did in twenty one. So basically, it's twenty five times the number of dollars the Broncos might fetch if they go into four billion dollar range. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe the yeah. you know the founder of Ball wants to hire, uh, buy there the we Broncos. We were, who were we talking about yesterday? Maybe if he can if if he mm. recycles every can that was made, he'll have a it takes it to like the local mm. aluminum factory, he'll have yeah. enough money to buy them. Exactly. We were talking about the Red Bull guy yesterday. Ah, uh, yes. True. Worth like 29 They work closely billion. with Ball. Yep. Red Bull, Ball, cans. I mean, hey. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so there's lots of opportunities over at Ball. They'd love to have you over there at their plant in Golden. And if you want to see what opportunities you could have at Ball, text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get linked directly to their open positions. Or you can just go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com. Search for GOLDEN. Or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. And also, you have to check out our friends over at Light Shade Dispensary. If Eli Manning's ever here, he's got to check out Light Shade Dispensary. <laughs> and got to use the code DNVR either online at Light Shade Dispensary or in one of their 11 locations. They have them in Aurora and Denver as well. We've got a couple here close to the bar as well. And right now, they want you to try out Ripple, which is a fast-acting, fast dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy, which is so important when you're taking those gummies. 
opportunities to have them hit quick, and you can get this, whether you're a connoisseur, whether you are uh, just a casual consumer, you can get everything you need over at Lightshade, and use the code DNVR to get 25% off in-person and online orders. All right, there we go, guys. Let's mm-hmm. jump into the questions. Um, sorry, Kale, do we have any Super Chats we need to hit here? Oh, a big one. Shout out OPMG for a solid super chat here. Can we get Vaughn back? I went viral last night on TV wearing his jersey. I hit up RK on the side, LOL. But hear me out. He hasn't lost a step. Uh, Even shared a moment with his mom, who is a sweetheart, and took a picture with me. That's an awesome story. Yeah, That's too cool. He was was sending me pics on Instagram last night. And then I shared with him there were some uh some ladies on twitter who were interested Ooh, in uh, uh and i was like hey i don't know you can make a twitter account quite a night yeah him. he was looking fresh on <laughs> national tv yeah i i think there's going to be some new orleans saints level manipulation contract wise pushing the can down the road i think for i think the, for the rams for the rams I think they'll they'll find a way to get Von Miller back. <clears throat> I think so too, and especially with the, the way he's playing and playing next to Aaron Donald, playing in that defense. And uh, let's see how far they go. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to want to jump ship. I mean, I know he Six. loves. I know he loves Denver, but I think he I loves think LA he loves right LA now too. too yeah. And uh, <laughs> being on that sort of a team mm-hmm. at the back end of his career. I don't think he's coming back. Here's what I'll say. If for whatever reason the Rams can't make it work, then I could see a reunion. Sure. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to want to go to a new, new place. Sure. I think he'd love to stay with the Rams. And honestly, I love seeing how happy he is. He's having fun. Mm-hmm. He's out there dancing. I think he's danced more times in the last six weeks than I saw in the last six years. Yeah. And you know what I love, too, is he's still embracing the Broncos. Obviously, Demarius Thomas comes with the the Broncos as well, so a lot of Broncos on his shirt last night. But He's still posting Instagram stories nearly every day about his time with the Broncos, so it makes it easier to 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 not feel so far apart. Yeah, I think the thing is like Vaughn kind of really loves what the Broncos were, right, and not what the Broncos kind of are. And I do think that like any chance of him coming back is predicated on a Wilson or a Rogers walking through the door. Isn't it a quarterback? It, isn't it an indictment of Vic Fangio that Von Miller left and you know he has six sacks in the last five weeks? Well, uh, you, you could you could say that. Uh, you could also look at what he did the first mm-hmm. uh, month of the season, though three weeks, four sacks, mm-hmm. and just say that pass rushers get sacks in chunks. I mean, that's what Von always told us. It yeah. is true, but also no one is producing high levels, high, high no one was producing high number, high sack totals under Vic Fangio. Yeah, it's true, and and I mean, I think you look, yeah, it could be, especially looking beyond just this year and what Von wasn't able to do in Vic's mm-hmm. defense. Yeah, and and a lot of it now is, I mean, I know I'm gonna sound like Vance Joseph here. Rams are playing from ahead a heck of a lot oh, more yep. than the Broncos were. It makes a huge difference. I mean, you know, we joke about Vance because he said it was like the formula. Yeah, we know the formula is <laughs> right. to be leading the game, um, but. It's true. I mean, the the bigger leads you have, the more pass rush opportunities you get. Yeah, yeah. and you weren't going to build many leads with your quarterbacks being Simeon and Lynch. Osweiler and Lynch and Keenum. Watch what you say about Trev. <laughs> oh, <I'm> just... <laughs> Trev's still around. There he is. Oh, hey. Yeah. Hey, Saints fans kind of know what Broncos fans experienced. Now they had Trev. They had Trev have to go down the stretch for him. Speak- I think he was the best one they had of all their options out there. Once they lost Jameis, yes, yes. Like I mean, and 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 actually, you know, a couple people have asked me on Twitter, like about do the Broncos even think about Winston? I no, uh, 
We got to see. I I think he's going to stick with the Saints. We got to see how, you know, plan A, plan B, and then, you know, he's somewhere down there. I mean, look, plan B, I'd rather have Marcus Mariota than, like, the Garoppolo Cousins plan Bs, for example. Mm, There's a lot of options the Broncos can go. There is. All right, we want to jump into – oh, we got one from Henry there, too, did I see? From who? All all chats from Henry are super chats. Oh, from chats. Hank. Uh, there we go. Henry, why would McDaniel make a lateral move away from Shanahan just to call plays? Yeah, and then you could also give him the assistant head coach title, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, uh, I guess helps in the grand scheme of things. But also, Mace, you mentioned his relationship with Dan Quinn it's, yesterday. It's a very special relationship, and really, I mean, uh, Dan Quinn was somebody who helped – uh, who who helped Mike McDaniel get the the help that he needed to overcome uh, alcoholism? And uh, as of next month, McDaniel will have been will have been sober for six years. He went into treatment while he was working for the Falcons. And uh, Dan Quinn is a, a huge part of Mike McDaniel's life, and so that's why I could see that relationship resulting in you know that's relationships do matter, and I could see that relationship resulting in the 49ers saying, yeah, you know. Uh, you you want to go work for Dan? That's okay. But and Henry, it's a step. Uh, you have yeah. to take steps up to keep rising. Right. Now, assistant but, head coach, I th- would be kind of a step up. It couldn't. Be, it wouldn't be simply play caller and offensive coordinator, because even if you're n- a non-play calling OC, is considered the equivalent of a play calling OC in terms of the NFL hierarchy. But in it terms would, of it saying would require, you have to let him go. It, yeah, exactly. I was going to say it would require the 49ers' right. permission to get him. It would. Um, <clears throat> but would you be able to – if you gave him the assistant head coach title, would you be able to get him? It's, poss- I, it's possible that you could. Okay. I, and I'd be fine with that. And, Henry, I think it's a great question because that's still something I'm skeptical on. Uh, Shanahan hasn't wanted to let him go in the past. Maybe he would for this <clears throat> move, but – also, he wants to win, yeah. and there's a reason he hasn't let him go in the past is because he values him that much, and he could convince Mike McDaniel, look, we're going to give you a pay raise here, and we also are going to keep you so that you can blossom into this yeah. uh, star that no one can let go, no, no one uh, can pass up on next year can, to be a head coach. Can we agree that uh, Kyle probably owes Dan Quinn a favor? Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Here's the yes. other thing I'll say is, you know, you go as your quarterbacks go as a coach, and maybe I don't know what Mike McDaniel thinks of Trey Lance. Um, maybe he thinks that he's the next big thing, and he's saying, "Look, I'm going to ride this one more year. Trey Lance is going to explode next year. Then I'm going to have developed a quarterback also on my resume. Someone's definitely hiring me as a head coach." Or he thinks, "I think we messed this one up, guys. I might go somewhere else." Wait, or he looks at the exact same situation with the Broncos and says. It's too much of a risk to go and, there and, it is. and be working with Teddy Bridgewater and or Drew Locke and or a rookie class that I don't like. And let's not act like these coaches don't talk. You know, Rich Scangarello could be a potential cautionary tale. Mm. And let me and also let me ask you guys this. If McDaniel came and the Niners did move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, would you be more sold on Garoppolo if McDaniel were here. So uh, I would be more sold on the Broncos going with him. Yes. Short term absolutely like I I could be sold on Garoppolo plus taking those twos back into the end of round one and getting a Howell, Ritter, or Strong on a fifth-year option. So then my biggest That's concern... That's what I, I could really embrace that. My biggest concern with that, though, is you're trading a first-round rounder for Jimmy. 
And I don't want to invest a first rounder mm -hmm. in a short term solution when you're also going to then invest two no. second rounders or it's the opposite. You take a first round pick uh, to draft the quarterback and you're trading two second rounders. I, mm -hmm. I don't like that if you're having that big of an investment. And right now, I think Jimmy's going to go for it for a high price tag. You're not going to be getting him for a Joe Flacco fourth. The Broncos have tried the cheap options, the discount bin at quarterback. They got at some point they're going to have to swallow hard and know short term, long term. It might take it's going to take a premium price here to get this right. Yeah, you know? exactly. I Scratch just rather pile has been they've tried it for six years. Had oh, Drew, you know, Drew Lock fell to the second round. He's a bargain. Let's get him. Oh, we get Flacco for a fourth. Oh, we get Bridgewater for a sixth. But here, they've got to shop. They've got to stop shopping. I kind of at the dollar store. I kind of view yeah, this as shopping at the five dollar store twice. With you know uh, the ninth overall pick and then two seconds, that, mm -hmm. that's kind of like a little half-hearted. I'd rather them just use all of that to trade for uh, you know the Matthew Stafford Russell, of last yeah. year, or you're not going trade to, up in the draft and get the guy you love. You're not going to Nordstrom's. You're going to Macy's. All right, looks like we just got another super yeah. chat that popped in. This one's from Richard Summers. Appreciate the super chat, Richard. Uh, really don't want to have to watch Quinn's single high scheme. That scheme is on its way out soon. Decent quarterbacks can shred it. It, it, I will say it's kind of it's more exciting uh, than what we've seen. You know, you you bring a lot more guys down, a lot more pressure, um, but it is definitely you're exposed it in is, a lot of different places. At the same time, you're working with a caliber of secondary that I think right. certainly exceeds what he has had ever it's since leaving Seattle because. Pat Sertan is going to be a legit CB1. Yep. Ronald Darby is a good CB2. Justin Simmons is one of the best safeties in the game. Ken it, Stearns it, looks like he could in be this, the truth. And by the way, in this, I would invest, even though you have to count on him missing some time, I'd bring Bryce Callahan back. And so they the, continue the, trying to develop a nickel, but Callahan's just that good in that role. And the, the Broncos fit that really well in terms yeah. of the personnel with his scheme. Yeah, I kind of, I mean... I'm just down for a change. Uh, it's not a perfect scheme, um, but when you do have the personnel, it can be scary. And like yeah. I said, it's it's excite it's an exciting brand of defense. Would you bring Kareem Jackson back? Of course. I would. I honestly, I know we kind of assume that he's gone, and they bring up Caden Stearns. But going to this scheme, if they go to this scheme, I really would like to see K Jack back. One thing I'll caution though is George Payton cut him last year. And Vic Fangio really was the guy to, mm. to bring him back. And it, and it worked because he was half the price as, as, as well. No, they did. They did cut him? Yeah. They, they did. They, 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 cut, they cut him and he came and back he in the second wave. For so he had weeks. another year and they wanted to get – okay, they, I thought he it, just yeah. – I thought it just his no, contract. No, 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 no. And and so that was a George Payton move on the salary end. Vic Fangio was the big push to bring him back. Interesting. But I would certainly bring him back. All right. Uh, let's jump into the, the comments here. And this one's cool. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. Um, last week, Kendall mm -hmm. Hinton Hall of Famer said, hey, guys, you know, times have been a little tough. Uh, so I'm going to have to, to uh, cancel my subscription for a while. Well, a nice update here. He says, you got me back as a subscriber. Let's go. Uh, I was anonymously gifted a, a, a subscription to DNVR. I was completely awestruck when I saw the email come in. Just such a generous, kind, and giving thing to do. Thank you, whoever did that. What an amazing community this is. And, yeah, I got a, uh, a DM from someone saying, hey, I heard that on the pod. I would love to take care of that mm -hmm. person so they can remain uh, in the comment so section as a part cool. of a community. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, these are the – the little things that make our community so special. And it's such a, a, a kind thing for someone to do. They wanted to do it anonymously. 
Uh, and, you know, that's what, that's what makes this place special. That's so freaking cool. And we're so happy to have you, Kendall Hinton Hall of Famer. Only out a couple of days, and that's such a cool, cool mm-hmm. thing for the community to do. Absolutely. Next one coming in from Orange is the New Sack. Just watching the Manning cast, man, I would love to have Russ. He's so well-spoken and intelligent just to be something special to have him play for us. Also, I made the trip to Buffalo to root against the Patriots. What a game to attend. (laughs) Hoping Buffalo can beat KC and there might be another game in Orchard Park. We cheering for the Rams and Vaughn to win it all or the better pick. We're going to talk about this on Thursday. That's going to be a fun one. Because I don't think we agree. Well, we'll see. Yeah, okay. I love it. I can't wait. It's a great question. And, uh, man, I think we're all cheering for Buffalo this weekend. Amen. There are some other things to consider beyond just the pick and Vaughn in terms of what decision you make as to whether you're rooting for the Rams or Buccaneers in that game. There's a lot. There's a lot. There are a lot of factors that go all the way to the top. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk about yeah. that on Thursday as yeah. we preview the weekend ahead. Uh, next one's from Bronk Oilers. Ben Albright had mentioned that if Hackett were the hire, his staff would consist of mostly guys from Jacksonville and Buffalo like Doug Marone and Gus Bradley, whereas Dan Quinn's first choice would likely be Mike McDaniel and Raheem Morris, who may not be getting along well with McVay. Which hypothetical staff would you rather go with? This is so easy. Yeah. Uh, Hackett, Marone, and Bradley, or Quinn, McDaniel, and Morris? I mean, Number two, please. Yeah, exactly. Quinn, McDaniel, and Morris is legitimately exciting. Yeah. That The other one just sounds like, give, give why me would Q, I ever yeah. want anyone from Jacksonville? Uh, yeah. Give me other Q, than Hackett. Yeah. Who give me QM squared. Yeah. Is this like the, the, the coaching version of, what is it, Quinn 92? Is that the Hey, there we go. Yeah. Yes. Damn, great memory. Um, yeah, Hackett, Marone, Bradley, like, kind of makes me sick. Yeah, please, no. Oh, God, no. Isn't that uh, something? Yeah, Michael Scott. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, please, no. <laughs> Dan Burke chimes in and says, hey, guys, how much do you think Jerry Jones hates the Broncos at this point? The Cowboys haven't beaten the Broncos since 95. Then the Broncos take Lynch and Sertan ahead of them. Not that they're too upset with Dak and Parsons, but that's besides the point. Then Vic Fangio lays out the blueprint on how to limit their offense, which came back to bite them in the playoffs. And now the Broncos are set to interview both of their coordinators today, with one of them being a presumed front runner runner feels like the broncos have been giving jerry fits for multiple years and i love to see it yeah but then he just opened up his checkbook and got himself in the hall of fame before pat Bowles. Ah, so that's really true he, yeah. and he got he got his uh yeah. revenge the cash keeps spinning in but you have to wonder sometimes if he looks out at that stadium that is a that is just a money generating machine and yet for big games he looks across from his suite and sees orange, a sea of orange. Yeah, on Sunday, a sea of red. I, I was stunned at how he many made it 49ers. too expensive. Yeah, mm. he turned it into a, in, into a, a a destination. And I think also the other thing that's happened is the Cowboys have been so unsuccessful for a generation now that it's not a given that if you grow up in the Metroplex, you're a Cowboy fan anymore. Right. I mean, it's just so big. Yeah. There's so many options out there. And, you know, this it's similar to CU football, right? Yeah. Whereas back in the day, if you lived in Colorado and, you know, it didn't matter if you, your parents went to CU or not, it was cool to be a CU fan because they were really good. Mm-hmm. Now these days, you know, CU's fighting against this in recruiting. So these, you know, 18-year-old kids have never even seen CU be yeah. – they've, they've seen right. them be good for one year. It's the same thing as the Cowboys. Yeah, right. it's kind of sad because, like, I see when I go to Wisconsin – that's what CU used to be. You know, it's you got, you got one Power 5 team in the state. 
and people mostly get behind that school. Yep. Right. And it still exists in other places. See you. And it was, and I, I got a chance to see it when I first came to Denver back in 02. You still had that. Oh, yeah. Because they had just come off the Big 12 right. championship. And, and CSU had a huge following, but it was mostly a buff state. Yep. And it just, it's, it's, you we're know, just losing college football as a whole in the state. Absolutely. Yeah, it's sad. It's, yeah. it's terrible. I mean, yeah. everyone's down. I mean, Air Force has been successful, and their attendance is in the toilet. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean. You look back at the 80s and look at some, like, the Air Force crowds. They're packing the stadium. Like, me back and Henry get excited over the triple option. I just don't think the average yeah. football yeah. fan does. <laughs> Certainly not nowadays. Yeah. Mile High Buckeye says, my boys, this offseason is going to be insane, and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Now that the home away opponents have been finalized, I'm looking forward to 2022. I'll be going to watch the Broncos play in Baltimore, Carolina, Seattle, mm-hmm. and Jesus. going to come out for a home game at some point, too. Like Mace, I, too, collect souvenir cups from each stadium I see the Broncos play in. I'm also in the process of establishing a Broncos supporter group here in Central Ohio, and I made a arrangements with a local bar more to come on that you got to keep us updated browns fans here in ohio are trying to run baker out of town would who would you or what do you guys think about this option if russ and rogers don't pan out and cleveland picks up his fifth year and doesn't pick up his fifth year option i personally like baker long live dnvr can't wait to get back out there next season the chicken sandwich sounds bomb go broncos alex real quick um one of the things that he brought up or one of the things that he talks about there is just traveling the games and I think, you know, we've talked about if the Broncos get a London game mm-hmm. doing a big – I think it would be cool to just do one a year. Uh, yeah. That's like, the you know, the DNVR day out. Nashville. Yeah. Tennessee yes. Titans. Yes, next please. Week. That's the one. I mean, like <laughs> – Las Vegas is going to be a big one. But Las yep. Vegas is there every year. Like, Nashville could be once every six years. So, I think you kind of start by looking at, okay – What's not on the schedule very often? Right. So, and like, if immediately when I looked at the Broncos roster opponents, I said, for me personally, Carolina, Charlotte, but like for an average Bronco fan, Nashville's the must do next year, I think. And you'd hope, I would just hope it would be earlier in the season so it's still nice and hot out there because it does actually get cold in Nashville. It does, but you get some really nice days in December. Like, actually, that's one where you'd want it to be like late October, early November. The foliage is popping. It's about 65 degrees. Just perfect. I mean, football, like late October, early November in the South for football is breathtaking. Yeah. That's football. And if you do it right, maybe uh, take a little road trip to Knoxville the day before, go go catch catch a UT game perhaps. Or uh, you're mm. actually, I think you're about maybe a couple hours away from Kentucky. They're a good team. You you can Uh, can work an SEC NFL doubleheader that I just love to do like this is the DNVR trip we're gonna partner with a bar on Saturday night Mm -hmm. we'll have a big meet up there and then we'll do a tailgate before the game on Sunday so that's uh that's on that's been spinning in my head for the last couple weeks last one here from pick tosser 66 he says so uh we're all rooting for San Francisco to take out Green Bay this weekend right Rogers lights it up but gets let down by some coaching decisions and a poor defense maybe loses 30 to 27 and figures it was the last straw and then it's game on for Peyton Let's also talk about this on mm-hmm. Thursday when yeah. we talk about yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. whether you root for the for Vaughn and the Rams or you root for the draft pick, uh, and then we'll talk about what's the best case scenario for the Broncos yep. with Rodgers and the Packers. Um, but for today, I think that's going to wrap up this show. Broncos got two interviews today. Is what is Kellen Moore over? It started just okay. started a couple minutes ago. Okay, just started. So I guess they're going. They're going all nighter with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn getting the dinner time yeah. interview. Uh, 
That's pretty good. The dinner view. The dinner. Remember uh, last time the Broncos did a dinner view in uh, Texas? It was with Gary Kubiak. Mm. That turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Turned out well for him yep. as well. Where do you think they're going? Uh, they're at, they, they've rented out a room at a restaurant. Okay. For this. Well, I, don't know where, I don't know which one. I mean, I know we've got people in Dallas who's going to go do some recon for us. <laughs> yeah. Which I just need to know when they walk in and when they leave. Exactly. I guess we'll get that anyway. <laughs> It'll be fun. But let's just say I expect the steakhouse because this is the NFL and you have all these meetings at oh, steakhouse. Oh, absolutely. There's like a great barbecue place in Dallas that people rave about. Maybe they'll go there. Maybe a little too messy. Possibly. All right. Although, didn't Vic uh, go for an Italian? Like, he did. It, yeah, yep, when they were up on Lake Forest on the north side yep, of Chicago. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys, yeah. that is going to wrap it up for us today. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate all the super chats. Uh, love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you.